0: Episode 78, Pinterest 101 for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Rose Guthrie's perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclare, as he gets a rarely-seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back. To start, I want to thank Sklip Skignag from Canada for writing a review on iTunes. Appreciate that. Anybody who writes a review, I get emailed and I will give you a shout out at the nearest episode that I receive it. Because, you know, I actually record these sooner than the week of. Today's guest is all the way from the United Kingdom. She specializes in Pinterest, actually. 50% of her business is from Pinterest leads, if you can believe that. Why do I say that? Because I don't think we think of Pinterest as a, as a leading social media to gather patients. She is also certified in CoScheduler and ConvertKit and has gone to uh, ClickFunnels, the Funnel Hacker Live, so she knows a thing or two. We're also going to discuss GDPR. What does that mean for you is it complicated as they try to make it seem, or can we tolerate it? Also, Facebook custom audiences, they made some changes uh, over the last month. We'll talk to her to see what that means for us advertisers. And at the end, you know, she got real raw with us because there was a time, you know, when you're first starting out with this entrepreneurial lifestyle, it takes up all your energy, and you're excited about it, but sometimes your kids or your spouse isn't quite... Excited that you don't spend as much time with him. So uh, she had a uh, come to Jesus moment that she shares on the podcast. And I think it'll resonate with a lot of us. But it worked out. We got new ads at the end of the episode. Check it out. The Cupping 101 class is still available at a pre sale price. So check it out while it's 75% off. Just website slash cupping. All right. A doctor's perspective dot net slash seven eight is the show notes. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and London, today's guest is co-scheduler, ConvertKit, ClickFunnels certified. She is doing it all over there in the UK. She is going to explain to us some amazing things that you haven't heard of yet. I don't even want to spoil it, although I probably already did on the intro. But today's guest, Rose Guthrie. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: Oh, <laughs> there's so many topics with the GDPR coming out. Uh, Facebook's changing the rules on us for some reason. They don't want us to know what our custom audience is. Like we don't deserve to Mm -hmm. know that for some reason. And (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) But but you have a specialty also in Pinterest. And I got a Pinterest wall. I've got some dogs and some trees and some podcast (laughs) photos. (laughs) But that's not really turning into money. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm excited to have you on. Let's, if we don't mind, GDPR, mm-hmm. let's just get that out of the way. It's such a hot topic right now. It just went into effect on the 25th. It's the 29th today as we record. What can you tell us about it? How does it affect us? doesn't matter.
1: Um, yeah, Do you know, it's it's funny because everyone has the um, basic principles in mind, but the exact steps to implement it is what's causing a lot of the talk at the moment. It's almost like two, year two thousand all over again. <laughs> Everyone's still in their houses because they think the world is going to end with no proof, and then nothing actually happens. Uh-huh. So, basic basic principles of GDPR, the rules are put in place in order to make sure that. Businesses like ourselves, but you know, I think it was more for the bigger businesses, were collecting data the right way and um, they were letting users have more control over the data that they have. So, simple things like if you join a mailing list, you need to have the ability um, of being able to unsubscribe whenever you want now to some of us in business that's common knowledge you know every time you yeah. sign up for email provider you cannot send an email with unsubscribe but then you have the companies and I've been targeted by them as well they send you emails and you can't unsubscribe and if you want to unsubscribe they say hey email us and when you email them you don't hear anything back yeah not only that yeah not only that but there's often times where you sign up for a mailing list but there's no link to privacy policy so you don't actually know how this business is handling data and this is where this is where gdpr comes in to add some transparency so people know who's processing the data how is processed and a given users the control um to say okay well i don't mind you processing my data this way but i don't want you processing my data that way yeah now the confusion comes in because when I look at GDPR, I look at it at a technical perspective because I'm not a legal professional, so I can't give legal advice. So when I'm working with businesses, I help them do the technical implementations. So a lot of the common things that my clients come to me with is, do I need a cookie policy? Why do I need a cookie policy? Now, for me, being in the EU, um, I've always had a cookie policy. This this is something that we had to do years ago. Right. So whilst everyone's freaking out about it now, for me, there's no difference. <laughs> I already I had that, you know? So, I think I think the people that are freaked out the most are those, in, you know, outside of the EU because for them they just want to give up dealing with the EU because it's too many changes in the business. But if you look at the big picture, if you already know you um, look after your client data, they know how you use your data, you have a privacy policy, you are okay. The only thing is, is that the things that a lot of the people are teaching online is just half of the picture. That's only what you should be doing on the front end. So, you may have heard people tell you you need checkboxes, you can't pre check the checkbox, you need to have the cookie policy, you need to have the privacy policy. That's just part of the puzzle. You know, the other part of the puzzle is what you're doing in your back end. What processes do you have in place to to show how you're processing your data? Have you trained staff? How are you storing this data? Is it secure? Are the servers in Europe? If they're not in Europe, um, um are those that uh, those applicants like that assess up are using GDPR compliant, i.e. are they taking the steps they're meant to be taken to make sure their European European clients are safe? So there's all those things to take into consideration. But I know it can be confusing, but I think that small businesses like ourselves have to understand that they're not going to come for us and look, they're not going to come for us, you know, on the 26th, well, now the 29th of May. They're not going to come for us now and start fining us. I think the most most important thing we can do is, you know, read the law the best we can, interpret it the way that we, we see fit, do the best we can to keep client data safe. And, you know, if we if we are falling short of the law, I'm sure we will, we will we will be made aware and we will have the chance to rectify that. So I think that some people should take a step back, don't panic too much and be careful where you get information from because I've had so much wrong information. And even for me, I tell clients from a technical perspective, I can tell you how to implement this and that, but I can't tell you which way is the right way because even the way I interpret things is different. For instance, they've got, that some people are going down the explicit consent route. That means they want to make sure that everybody that joins the list has to start to click a checkbox to say yes, I want to join the newsletter. Then you have some people going down the legitimate interest route, which is which is assuming that if somebody has opted in for one thing, then they can market to, to them something else. But then the funny thing is, you have lawyers that argue both cases. So who's right? <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like being told here, bake a cake. Here the ingredients but you're not actually giving me the instructions. So you don't know which order to use ingredients in. So you do what you think is right. It might come out okay, <laughs> but you're not too sure. <laughs> I just, that's so crazy. Like there's so many,
0: what what are these people so scared of? Oh no, I got the book. Uh, you got on my email list for acupuncture. Now I'm trying to sell you on another book that I wrote. <gasps> oh my gosh, the, the world's falling down. Like, come on. Like, it's yeah. Like, it's crazy. But for me, that's such it's, a small it's not, business.
1: It's not as bad at, as I think people are, have t- taken it to seem. And I think that's why I've taken a more relaxed approach to it. Um, but I do think that when taking advice, the most important thing I could tell anybody is just be careful who you're listening to. If you're asking your doctor friend for GDPR advice, I'd say that's a no, no ask a lawyer, <laughs> not your doctor friend, because your doctor friend is going to give you advice based on what they've read. And you don't know if what they've read is, is correct. You know, we should
0: build a funnel, and for $79, we can start teaching this.
1: What a disclaimer.
0: (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It's not our fault. (laughs) I think that's what people are trying to do. They're trying to make a buck, scare you, then sell a program that you – Okay, I've been doing this email business thing for, I don't know, 2008. I always had like eWeber or something. And even back then, it was you have to double opt-in or at least single opt-in. If you unsubscribe, mm-hmm. if you didn't have unsubscribe, they're like, yeah, the government in America could come get you. You know, you can get fined yeah. for not having an unsubscribe button. And then now I'm like, I'm like, all right. So what's, you know, like like everything you just said, it's like, OK, I think if I'm using a, a respectable email company,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're going to be OK. Sure. You can do a free yeah. MailChimp. You can pay 15 to 40 dollars, depending on how big your list is for most other companies out there. So they're going to probably mm-hmm. keep you pretty much you know i mean unless you're doing it like i grab somebody's email and i just keep it on my own computer i mean that's that's where i think it gets a bit shady but if you're using and paying some respectful company you're probably going to be all right i would think
1: yeah and i mean yeah you must probably be you must probably will be okay as long as you know they're registered under the privacy shield if they're not oh. based in the european union and um again That's just part of the puzzle. Okay, you know, there's a whole with the double opt-in as well. It's kind of shady because people have their own interpretation of what makes um, your email marketing practices um, GDPR compliant. And I know some people think that having double opt-in is enough to be a compliant but it's not let's take for example convert kit convert kit gives you the option to double opt-in but then you can disguise the double opt-in so if someone um wants to get let's say a free like you're saying a free guide um on acupuncture exercises you can do at home you're just making it up i don't Perfect. know anything do about medicine <laughs> and you can send an email to somebody and then you can tell them, OK, to, to um, download your opt-in, please click this button. But that that button is also a disguised double opt-in. But because they want the opt-in, they will click the button, not knowing that they're, they're double opted in So this is where there's that grey area. Does a double opt-in necessarily mean that you've got explicit consent? Whereas now, I would normally say to somebody, you can you can give them the lead magnet, but then when you're delivering the lead magnet, just say to them, hey, you know, I may or I would love to give you more information about this topic. If you join my general newsletter, I will send you regular advice about this, that, and Harry just click here and I'll add you onto the list. Now, that would most probably be more GDPR compliant because you've given them the right to choose whether or not they take action to join the newsletter. So, That's you know, wild. we have to be very yeah, I want to. You too- want to get my free resource, and you don't
0: even want to subscribe <laughs> to my newsletter. That's you're. You got some gall, young lady.
1: <laughs> and, exactly, and then this is why some people are using legitimate interest rather than um explicit interest to add people to the newsletter. But then, wh- you know, where is the line? Is, is that okay? Is that not okay? And again, this is where if you ask two completely different lawyers, they will give you two different answers. And that's exactly what happened to me. I asked four lawyers, and I got three different answers. <sighs> so who do you follow they're 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 both um they they all say that they're you know they're trained in gdpr they all say they're specialists in this area is there such thing as a gdpr specialist maybe there should be a certified gdpr specialist we don't know so this is this is where we have to take the law we have to take the um if, if you if you want to read the whole gdpr regulation and then you know we the only thing that we can do at the moment is is interpret it the best we can. And I I think that's that's all we can do at the moment until further guidelines has been introduced. I mean, we've been told we have to update all these policies. great. But there's that fine line at the beginning, and I think that's where a lot of businesses are getting confused because they're panicking, they don't know what to do. I've had businesses say, I'm going to shut down, and you're thinking, why? (laughs) But they're so overwhelmed because of small businesses. These are maybe mom and pop businesses at home. And they they didn't sign up for all of that. So they, they don't know what to do. So they just rather not think about it, you know, and give up.
0: I uh, <laughs> realized I needed a privacy policy and all that. And mm-hmm. so I started looking online. And I, I'm not going to say who I got it from because I'm not 100% that's who it was anymore. But he was like, <laughs> I want you to steal it, customize it. Mm-hmm. Just leave mm-hmm. the people's names who created this document. In there, mm-hmm. that way you have it. He's like, I've already spent like a jillion dollars getting this made, and I have a lot of money, mm-hmm. so it was fine. So use it, be compliant, and uh, just credit the people that have created it. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. perfect because it covers so much. So anyway, I think that's enough GDPR. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to 15 other podcasts if you really want to go any more on that one, guys and gals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to know. What is the deal with Facebook stopping us from knowing our custom audience's number? Have you any idea why they
1: stopped that? I didn't understand it myself. I know it was all linked to the Cambridge Analytica thing, but the reasons they gave um, didn't make sense to me because they wanted you to—they didn't want you to be able to manipulate the data. But I, I don't understand how knowing the numbers would help someone manipulate the data unless the actual data i.e. names email addresses addresses were being exposed mm. um so for me i'm just like uh okay i'll go with it because i have no choice <laughs> right but it 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 didn't quite as someone who does facebook advertising it, it didn't quite make sense to me myself um and i think it's very for marketers like myself it makes things hard when i'm running campaigns for clients because you could have this custom audience that you set up and you don't know whether there's 10 people in there or 10,000 people in there. Yeah. And you know right. that the difference between having 10 people and 10,000 people will, will definitely affect how well that campaign is going to do and costs and whatnot. Because what if you did so, a clerical um,
0: error? It got past Facebook, right. but they're like, yeah, but we didn't recognize 9,000 of your emails. And you're like, right. well, I would have resubmitted it, but I never knew.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. You you just don't know. So, yeah, I, I don't have a clear answer to that. And I really wish I did, but I don't.
0: <laughs> what is the top thing that you took away from ClickFunnels Live or Funnel Hacker Live, whatever it's called, Tony Robbins and that whole bit?
1: Oh, man. Do you know when I went, I came back with a completely different perspective versus what I thought I'd come back with so when I went there I expected to come back with more clarity on strategies and how I could help my clients but I didn't come back with that at all what I came back with was (laughs) it's really really funny it was more like a self-development thing for me and um as hard as this may be for people to believe but I, I really do have confidence issues and I think for me I realized after you know From going in there to leaving that event on the last day was when I start a business, it's not about me. You know, I'm starting this business to help other people spread their message, you know, spread their purpose. And that's got nothing to do with my confidence. I have the skills. I know I have the skills. And that's what I should be focusing on. And as long as I focus on that, that's what's going to help me make a bigger impact. And it sounds so silly. It really does sound so silly. But then that is what I took away from every speaker on that stage. Um, I, I don't know if you went as I well. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So there was a there was a few fitness coaches. I know there was one. She was a fitness expert, and um, her speciality was helping you know pregnant women stay fit and keep fit after pregnancy, and she didn't mean it didn't mean it to come into anything big and I think she had a vulnerable moment where she's doing an exercise when she's recording a video and she wet herself because she lost control and apparently this is something that many women go through I've had two children I haven't experienced that thank god <laughs> <laughs> you know I may after baby number three but you know being vulnerable and you know getting out of her way and sharing that with the world is what blew up her business so it had nothing to do with her. It was her story impacting millions of other wo- women, and that is what grew her business. Uh-huh. Do you know? One of my mentors was speaking as Paige Rachel Peterson, and um, she came from a background which which wasn't rosy, and you know she had confidence issues, but she did what she needed to do to help her family. And because of that, in a short span of two years, she's become one of the greatest social media managers in the world because she got out of her own way. Another mentor of mine, and I'm so happy that these are all women that I can talk <laughs> right, about. Right, <laughs> Another, another mentor of mine, she, um you know, she had three kids, you know, she left her husband, she went through getting a divorce, she found out she was pregnant with baby number four, and she had no money, she had to give up her kids, and she had no choice but to use what she had and learn what she could in order to make them make the money she needed to get her children back. And then that's how she became one of the greatest funnel, funnel builders out there. She's Russell Bronson's right hand woman. Again, in a short span of four years. And the common thing that I saw with all these speakers, even the men, and it was so amazing to see men being so vulnerable on stage. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. They all got out of the way and it wasn't about them. And I think for the first two years of my business, I made it all about me. People are not going to like me, you know. People are going to think there's going to be other people that know more than me. You know, I'm no expert. You know, it was crazy. I didn't take a degree in marketing. I'm completely self-taught. I got my certifications along the way. And all of that was was taking up too much headspace. And what I should have been focusing on is how can I help you? You have this mission. I have the skill set to make sure that your message gets out to thousands and millions of people. Let's get together. Let's do it. And that's what I should have been doing all along. So it's funny because since, since leaving that event in April and now... I have improved so much more in my, my business in these short few months than I have in two years. Wow. Just because it got out of my head and I focused on what was really important and what people really cared about. They don't really care about how I feel. They care about how I can help them. That's it. <laughs> that is it. And I think and I think that I think maybe more women are more sensitive in that respect. But I realized that this was just as true for men as well and it was so amazing and having the right people around you um this is why i, I love to join paid masterminds you'll find more in a paid group than you would in a free group they helped up loving me keep me in check you know when i when i have those moments it's like shut up get up do what you need to do do it yeah. <laughs> you know they, you know they kept me in check to make sure i kept going and because of that i keep going going and going and i'm growing i'm growing really really well and because of that, you know, people like you reach out to me and say, hey, can I interview you? And that wasn't happening before. And because I was, you know, I was in this show, I was keeping myself hidden. I like to have, have people's businesses. But now I'm not I'm not afraid so much to be visible. And I accept the fact that sometimes I may, might make mistakes and sometimes it might be publicly. But that's okay. As long as I'm not, you know, a fool about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you. I enjoy building funnels. I'm enjoying all this marketing that I've been learning in these last couple of years like yourself. And I'm just like, man, could I could I transition to just do that for other people? And I'm like, oh, that's another thing. I got to market. And you got to <laughs> get your clients. Everybody's a yeah. funnel builder. Everybody, you know, and I am just like, oh, you know, just wow. stay in your lane, Justin, and enjoy what you're doing. And just try to maybe you'll get a client one day on the side and see what happens. Yeah. But it's, it is. It's maybe. like – you know, not like, who are you? Who am I to be able to say that I'm an expert at this or expert at that? It's like, well, if you know more than the last person and you've had all these training. Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. And never stop learning. What I found is I've always loved reading. Always. Ever since I was as, as a child, that, that hasn't changed. I'll find a book on a random t- topic. This is how I became SEO certified. I think I was about 13 or 14. And I didn't even have a computer but the word SEO just looked interesting I was like, (laughs) oh, I've always been inclined technically and that's how I learned SEO because I saw this topic and I had a fat book made about this thick about SEO and I started reading it and I yeah And I kept reading It was called The Art of SEO And I kept reading And I kept reading So sometimes I'd have a conversation With somebody about SEO And I'd be like oh, You need to do this They're like How do you know that I'm like, I just I just read a lot Yeah On the topic And they're like Why don't you teach this I'm like Because well you know don't I teach <laughs> not my thing yeah. It was a hobby You know And I tried to Because pe- some people say to me How do you know so much You know You you know, you know, surely can't order this And I'm like Think about it this way It's like Someone going to learn a degree But on, on the side They like chess You know this 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 is my main thing, you know, lead generation and funnels. And on the side, I like SEO. <laughs> and I just I know I just learn it as I can and that's how I know what I know. I just just don't teach it because I know there's some people that dedicate their life to it and there would be they would be much better than someone who's a hobbyist and I leave it to them. <laughs> And and that's and that's how I work. I could offer it as a service, and sometimes I do. If I if somebody says to me, "Look, I want to take these from you, but I also want you to do this," then I I will partner with an expert, and I I might lead the overall strategy or whatever. But I'm a big believer in focusing on a few things, becoming an expert in them. There's nothing wrong with being interested in a lot of things, but if you maybe just master a couple of things, and then once you master it, then you can move on to something else and advance a, another skill you have. But then working with experts as well to give your customers the best chance of success. Uh, I, I, I find it hard to believe that before, but now I'm a strong believer in that, and my clients are seeing the successes because I'm partnering with other people, and it's win-win all around. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs>
0: my first clinic website. Every now and then, I'd contact him and be like, "Hey, what about uh you got I Y? I don't even remember what it was." He's like, "How do you know about that? Nobody's asked me about <laughs> that yet." It's like, "Well, because I read." He's like, "Yeah, I yeah. let me let me figure it out. I'll get it for you." I was like. All right, you do that. (laughs) I heard it's the next big thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, never stop reading. Never stop reading.
0: (laughs) Rose, I made jokes. I've got a tree. I've got some animals because I like bass and hounds. (laughs) I've got some podcasts. I've got a few dermatomes on the body. Okay, Pinterest. I mean, I'm not baking cakes and uh, putting on a nail polish. So how can we use this now if you know much about if you can relate it to doctors whether that's eye doctors physiotherapists dentists that's even better but how do i get a Mm -hmm. lead what kind of prices what's pinterest 101
1: pinterest well you see it's still very much a blue ocean so not many people know about it so people like yourselves doctors still have a huge huge opportunity to get leads i mean i'm in digital marketing and I don't have animals. I used to have two dogs, but I don't anymore. I I, I don't bake. My kids can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but you got cute I, kids I like, you could put on there. Yeah, make me yeah, maybe. But the thing is the trick about Pinterest is when it first came out it was seen as this big social media platform and then it changed into a digital mood board people used to like to call them because you'd go there and you'd pin the things that you wanted or the pins the things you fantasized about or the things you wanted to wanted to buy eventually but then as soon as the, the longer it stayed around it became more apparent that you can't use like a typical social media platform you can't connect with people yes you can follow people yes you can comment on some pins but there wasn't much engagement going around so this is when it became obvious that site it was more of a visual search engine than anything else so people go on there to search for things and the craziest thing is um this is a real stat i believe this is from 2017 93 percent of people that go into pinterest go on there with the intent to to save a pin bec- to plan a purchase um for the near future so maybe a few months so maybe now we're going into we're going into June and we might be thinking, OK, um, I want to save a lot of money to save presents for Christmas. So let me just start creating a Christmas board and seeing what I want to save. You know, what I want, how much I want to save and what I want to buy, who, what in December. Oh. That people go on there for advice, especially things like health and fitness is, is a huge, huge industry recipes on there. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, the things like exercises, you know, skin care advice. So depending on the type of doctor you are, there is a huge, huge, huge opportunity there. For instance, um, I know I know a lot of mom bloggers that give tips on, you know, natural remedies. For, for you know for, for when your children you know hurts themselves, so your children get sick whatever now if you can imagine all these parents are going and they're looking for remedies on how to treat certain certain conditions of young children now can you imagine how powerful it would be if a doctor came and were doing an article about the same thing but they took a medical approach rather than a non-educated mum approach now you know i'm not knocking the mums it's great because a lot of us learn from experiences and what works for one mum doesn't always work from the other and half of us mums i know we like to act like we've got our our crap together but we don't (laughs) a lot of it is trial and error but you know that's how we learn we learn from our own mistakes and what other mums are doing and other and what other the other mistakes that mums are doing so when you look at pinterest you've got to look at it as what would my ideal client, prospect, customer be looking for? So as a doctor, you'd be giving medical advice. What do you specialise in? Maybe a chiropractor. So a lot of your a lot of your patients have back problems. And when somebody has a back problem, what are the things they're gonna be looking for? Remedies to treat it, exercises I can try at home, the options to treat it. So you could be writing these articles and then pinning an image to the article on Pinterest and take it to a blog post. Now, if you're using advertising, whether you're using Facebook advertising, you can do Pinterest promoted pins as well. You can then retarget those people that have, that have read these articles. Why? Because chances are, if they reading this article, they or a close family member have an immediate need for what they've just read. So if you've written a really educational blog post, maybe you can retarget them with your funnel and say, hey, if you book today, you know, 50% of your first appointment. So that is how any profession can use Pinterest in order to get leads. You need to write articles based on what people are looking for. And the thing is, out of the 93%, I do believe 80% of people actually go on to purchase what they saved on Pinterest. So if you're not retargeting Pinterest, you are completely losing out. I have people tell me all the time it would not work for me. It can. And I have local businesses tell me it wouldn't work for them. I'm like, yes, it can. Think about it. Food is one of the biggest Health, fitness, um, food, money, and yeah, money like money saving tips and you know money generating tips. So those are some of the biggest, issues. whatever platform. Anyway, whatever platform you want, those are those are the biggest things. Even Russell Bronson says that you you know you want to give people health, wealth, and relationships. That's the t- top three things that people want to improve. If you have a way to improve prove that for somebody, you have business on Pinterest. You know, just retarget them. If you know that majority of the people that are viewing. Are we talking about Facebook retargeting? Um, Both Pinterest oh, and Pinterest Facebook. Oh, Pinterest has its own retargeting. Yeah, you can do you can do retargeting. You can do promoted. They call it promoted pins. Some people call them Pinterest ads. The same thing. Yeah, so if you're not retargeting them on Pinterest, you are losing out on a lot of money. Oh. And because it's so visual, I know a lot of men are like, mm, I don't really want to sit there making videos. Wait, images. time out,
0: time out. <laughs> <laughs> people may not realize this and it's on my website. You yeah. can get a Pinterest tracking code, just like a Facebook pixel that needs to go on your website. Yeah. yeah. So that's what she's talking about. If y'all didn't catch that yet. So you got to install a pixel. And then when you put mm-hmm. your pictures, which she's about to talk about, and before you do, I'm curious, I don't want to create. Okay, cool. Can you just rip off everybody else's pins and repin them on your board? Or it just always goes back to that person?
1: It's always good to share third party pins, where you can. So because you want to give. So, for instance, if let's say you're a holistic doctor, but you specialize in one field in the whole holistic field. When people look at your profile, you are trying to build a profile based on the things in life your ideal prospect will be will be looking for. So remember, guys, what she
0: just said, it's the what your client is looking for A chiropractor yeah. pushing random stuff. That's not what they want. What are the clients yeah. looking for yeah. match what they're looking for?
1: Yeah. So it wouldn't make okay. sense if you had one board on, you know, chiropractic, th- chiropractic stuff, and then you had bags and dogs. I mean, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. Like, I'm a human being. Yeah. So, for instance, if you took one, if you if you had one approach to medicine or one approach to life, so you know holistic, then maybe you'd want you, your board would be made up of you know natural remedies or you know natural natural products you can use in your home rather than the chemical filled products you use at home. You know natural mm-hmm. ways. You know natural kid play things, had to make, you know, natural paints at home, which a lot of moms are doing at the moment, which I have no time for. <laughs> but you want to you create a big picture. So when somebody lands on your, on your Pinterest profile, they see, oh, okay. So they spoke about natural remedies, but oh, I can look at that. I can look at this. I can look at this. And then they begin to follow you. Now, the thing about Pinterest, remember I said, it's not a social platform. So somebody can land on your article without ever seeing your profile. Without ever mm. seeing your profile, this is why it's important to make sure that when you're creating branded images on Pinterest, they truly reflect your brand. Make sure there's a logo in there. If you have specific colors on your website, use those colors. So when every time every time somebody sees a pin, which is the image you you'll be pinning on Pinterest, they know it's from your company. So and if they've loved one one of your articles, if they see another pin with your branding, they will know it's from your business, and they're more than likely to click through again. So branding is really really important and I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand on, on Pinterest I have a client and um, she gets a million plus views on Pinterest oh. views but none of that traffic is going to her website the reason being is because the images are pretty so the women are following it uh, the women are women are saving it but there's nothing on the pins to represent her brand so nobody knows it's from her unless they click through and Epic not people yeah, epic fell. And there's no call to actions. So there's no text and images. So nobody understands what the image is meant to be representing. Whereas if she said you should optimize the pin, she'd had a call to action within her industry. I don't want to mention it just in case I call her out. <laughs> yeah. You know, she might have more people going to her website and more people taking the action she wants them to take. So this is something that doctors have to understand. So you know, for a doctor. Like I, I I suffer from de- de- degenerative disc disease. You know, maybe if you had a pin that says, are you in pain right now? Click here to find out five ways to remedy it in an hour or something. I will click on that in real fast in a split second because I want to know how I can stop that, yeah. my back pain right now. You know, those are the things you want to do. And the great thing is when you're writing these blog posts, so when you're using Pinterest, it, it, it's very advantageous to have a blog and not just send them to a funnel so people can learn about you, so they can learn to trust you before you turn to the funnel. Even if you'd written an educational blog post and at the end of that blog post you said, um click here to book your free consultation and if you are local, I will book I will book an appointment with you. And that's exactly how I was getting most of my clients. I was, really, I was writing these educational blog posts. I had the call to action in the middle of the blog post and end of the blog post. And I have, on my intake form, I have a compulsory question. Where did you find that about me? Last year, 50% of my business came from Pinterest. 50% because I read an article, it was educational, and they wanted to work with me. And that's 50% 50 of closed deals, not just prospects. Those are 50% closed deals came from Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Here's a couple
0: things I heard from you. One, Mm -hmm. when you got the blog post, you don't want to push them just to a funnel like Maybe they need to download this thingy, but mm-hmm. you could also put them to the blog posts. Maybe just that, mm-hmm. give it all to free. And in the middle and at the end, have yeah. a call to action. Call me. Download this <laughs> for more details. Or, hey, you don't want it to go to my website every time. Just get the PDF. Yeah. A lot of companies do that. Now, when we're talking branding, I know yeah. Canva is really popular. Even um, uh, Snapseed. There's a button. You can just add text. You can overlay your logo right on top of it. Real simple stuff like that on your phone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be fancy. Do you recommend those or do you have your own?
1: Uh, I'm very old school. So I use Adobe. <laughs> oh gosh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's but- the most expensive <laughs> option. <laughs> but Canva is good. I've, I've heard some people who love PicMonkey. There's, there's another problem called Stencil, which apparently is very, very um, similar to Canva. And if, you, if any of you know of AppSumo, sometimes they have yeah. lifetime deals to Stencil, which is great. You pay one time, you never have to pay for it again. Um, I, think the last, I think the deal for this year for Stencil was gone, so you just have to watch out. AppSumo but yeah, Canva fun. is good and it's free, and they have yeah. really good templates. You can upload your own, so I definitely recommend you don't need anything expensive. And you can just create two or three different types of templates and just switch out the image and the text whenever you need to.
0: I'm going to plug AppSumo for a second because I've gotten several lifetime things. Yeah. And it takes my blog. One of them takes my blog. It sets up nine different posts for over 365 days that I can kind of customize however I want. And uh, that's one of them. And it's great. Ten minutes later. I got an entire year's worth per episode <laughs> that I don't even have to think about, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about episode thirty-two. You know,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for businesses now, especially as as many micro businesses, um, you know, just coming out of the woodworks, it's really important to automate what you can in order for you to be able to focus on what you really want to focus on, and um, that that is something that's a struggle that I find with a lot of my clients that at that stage where they're growing, but they're doing it all themselves, and then that's where I come in now because spending so much time marketing you know and some of them do a pretty good job but that you know the the time they have to learn to take to learn you know to learn more to take the business to the next level is limited because they also have to balance that with practicing what they're actually doing and it's so hard so if you can automate as much as you can whilst you're growing um you know then that's great so the tool that you mentioned knowing very well that it can save you you know hours a month and published content for a year it's, it's pretty darn cool. We've gone a long way. <laughs> yeah. but I
0: checked out your Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if it's a neglected platform for you or not, but it's a
1: neglected platform for me.
0: <laughs> but you're 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 set it up really pretty. It looks like you went off on it for a while with like you have a specific theme. It's yeah. uh it's pretty. It's great. And I was looking at that and I was like, you know, I think she hasn't updated in a while just from the way it looked. Yeah. Or she just started. I wasn't sure which. I was like, what's cool is you could switch it if you wanted to, like a rainbow,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a month of pink, a month of red. If you go to her her Instagram, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but I'm impressed whenever I see those themes. Like if you go to a Pinterest and you just see like everything is kind of similar. You're like, "Yeah, how in the world did you get to do this? Because mine is like a left hook, <laughs> a, a kick in the ribs, and then an elbow to the face. I mean, I just... I just put all kinds of crazy stuff, and it, it, that's—I don't know if that's considered branding or not—but it's so much work to make it always consistent and always look the same. Maybe that's why they have huge followings. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a lot of work. I think whatever platform you're on, consistency is key. And I was doing so well on Pinterest, and because that—that is—that was my focus, for my business, Facebook and Pinterest. I kind of instagram kind of took a back burner but i am looking to revive that eventually this year before the end of this year hopefully quarter three
0: <laughs> you know people say pick what you like right yeah you have to be everywhere
1: and, and again i'm a big believer even if i'm managing um social media platforms for clients i always tell them focus on a couple you know master them make them great and then move into something else and i think that's that's just more or less where i was i like the fact that People can still find me on Instagram. And sometimes I still get businesses reach out to me on Instagram. They're like, ha, ah, I saw your Instagram profile. I'm like, okay, I haven't posted for about <laughs> a year. Okay. But you know, so it was it's good to it's good to make sure that I have a presence there. But because I know it works for me, it wasn't a focus. But as I'm building my team and I'm also introducing my own automations and systems, I would definitely um put in Instagram back in the picture. But definitely consistency is key. And if you're not a consistent person, chances are Instagram is just not going to work for you. So you have to make right. sure that you have that plan in place. And even when I'm with the content you said that is very cohesive, I normally plan that a week or a month in advance. So you know, I know exactly what's going to be posted. And it's, it's funny because you will notice that I have quotes, then images, quotes, and images. And I use quotes because even though it looks like hard work, using a quote, it actually makes. Copy and paste. So, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a new copy and paste, but I only have to produce half the content because what are you really going to say about a quote? People read the quote, they either agree or they disagree. So you write maybe a one <laughs> or two liner to support the quote, and then that's it. So the, my images are the ones that have the you know the in depth you know um text. You have to find those. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so because it's all like this whitish kind of background, you're like, yeah. how did you find so many whitish backgrounds? It, it's so smooth. Records.
1: Yeah, I created those in in Illustrator. <laughs>
0: So, ah, look at okay, you.
1: Yeah, find the quotes and then I create them in in um in Illustrator.
0: <laughs> my goodness. Every time I talk I hear somebody talk about Pinterest or like LinkedIn, I'm like, I need to revisit that. It's they're neglected, you know, on my yeah. end. Yeah.
1: And I think the key thing is to have a purpose for every every social media platform. So for wow. instance Pinterest for me is to educate people. Instagram for me was to inspire people. So I um so every social media platform had a purpose i wouldn't use every social media platform in the same way linkedin for me is to connect to professionals you know mm-hmm. so it is um it's you just always have to make sure that you have that purpose you need to understand how each social media platform works so the way you engage with somebody on instagram is not necessarily going to be the same way you engage with them on pinterest some the way you engage with someone on facebook is not going to be the same way you engage with them on snapchat so you actually have to understand how each platform works. Create your purpose for that platform, and then you can create the content the right way. Because I know if I if I know if I go onto Pinterest and I put inspirational posts post there, it might get people sharing that post, but it won't get people back to my website and inquiring Ooh. to me you know and that's what's important to me on instagram i find that those that work with me are those that i inspire. so those are the kind of clients i attract from instagram so i will continue to do that because that's what works so you go see what makes people tick on each of those platforms and then use it that for instance i have um there's dentists on instagram that are doing really well like cosmetic dentists you know they know before and after um pictures are what get them their clients because people want to see if they can help people like them so by showing the before and after images if you're someone you know that wants cosmetic surgery and you see someone's teeth that are worse than yours you're like they can really help me let me contact them you know so yeah. <laughs> find out how your prospects again by engaging in that platform you can do that by looking at people who are in similar businesses as you seeing what they're doing and you know don't copy but you know just take inspiration from what they're doing and make it your own
0: that's what I was about to – I was saying I, was, I heard from you was if you don't really know yet,
1: mm-hmm. I don't
0: know how I'm going to use Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just surf around, mm-hmm. type in something that you're interested in, mm-hmm. and just start looking. And yeah. maybe just be inactive mm-hmm. on posting for like a month and just really embrace what everybody else is doing and get inspired and maybe start planning it out on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and – that way, like you said, you'll have a plan as well. So when you do execute, you've got the next month of stuff based on some inspiration you had, and yeah. maybe you'll get re inspired with somebody else's stuff and do some more like that. And that—I mean—that's how I got from it. Just
1: yeah, figure it I, out before yeah. you start doing do stuff. Do research is that dear research, and if somebody is not doing what you're doing, you could take this one or two ways. I hear people now say that if you want to do something no one else is doing, take that as a bad sign don't do it at all, then you've got yes. some people say, if someone's doing what you're doing, that's great because, you know, you've you, you you've got an example to lead from, and I think if, especially when you come to Pinterest you know, as a doctor, you're not going to find that many doctors who have a profile but I don't think that should be a detriment because I know from me being the consumer, that I look for advice about skincare, about, you know, you know children's safety and things like that, and if I know I have a doctor, that can give me Edu- you know you know solid scientific educational advice chances are most people going to listen to that opinion versus somebody who might know what they're talking about but they might not you know so yeah. that's like that's how you got to see you got to and you got to remember everything is trial and error everything is trying and error. i remember when i started my agency and you know i'll be honest I thought that everybody had to follow the exact same strategy for it to work, but it doesn't. There's no cookie cut strategy for every business. You can have five different doctors and five different completely different strategies for all of them because even though the doctors they all have different personalities, they're all attracting different people, different ages, different backgrounds, different countries. So you have gotta figure out what works for you and that takes time. If somebody comes to you and says, I can create your strategy in twenty minutes, they're lying. You know, you need to take the data from your business to see what's working, what's not working, and you need to build in it and the, the only way you can build in it is by trial and error.
0: I mean just think about this. You got old people, kids, pregnant people, sports, you got instrument based adjusting, manual adjusting, table adjusting, you mm-hmm. got um nutrition practices. <laughs> you know, that's just off the top of my head where that all is gonna have different strategies. Yeah. So, thank you so much for all of that information. You have a minute or two for some of the personal questions before we end this thing? <laughs>
1: All right, let's go.
0: <laughs> you sound busy. You've got two two point five kids. Yeah. <laughs> Are you able to take off and enjoy, you know, a little little holiday? And if not, what can you do about that?
1: But do you know, I think the work life balance has been hard. And I think I've been working harder now because my third baby is due in six weeks. Ooh, congrats. So I'm like, Oh my god, like, oh my god, I gotta go. All of this in place before this baby comes so at the moment i've been going really really fast and hard in my business because i'm trying to get my team in place before the before the D day so they they say but my babies are known to come late so let's just say i have eight weeks which <laughs> <laughs> we're <laughs> thinking so i'm giving myself two months to make sure that my, my team's in place and yes i don't take enough breaks and something my husband keeps moaning me about he's like yeah, it's like we never go out for dinner anymore because every time we do go for dinner i'm looking at my i'm looking at the ad performances for clients on my phone or, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or looking at the mark Zuckerberg um, interview when he went to um one has been asked questions it's crazy but no i do try and i do think it's really important to um have that me time even if you can't get away from business uh, now, I am now trying to make sure Saturdays and Sundays are just for me. So I tell my clients, I have my office, office turned on, that they will hear back from me on Monday morning. Um, but next year, I have promised my husband, okay, we will do these two holidays a year, where I try and switch off at least half of it. <laughs> I can't promise the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I heard
0: someone guess. She goes, if this is going to stress you out, just have like, okay, I need 90 minutes at some <laughs> point during the day. And if I get those 90 minutes done in the morning, the rest of the day, I can just kick it.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, she's like, it totally works for her. Yeah. And she can just really enjoy her vacation. So
1: Yeah. I mean, I try to get up two hours before the children wake up, but my wow. born is, his only bird always has been, so it's kind of difficult to match him. <laughs> but I try to get up two hours before they wake up and then I try to stay up for two hours after, and then I try, maybe in the middle of the day, I told my husband to you do stuff with the boys because you're all boys, you know. You you know you do your boy thing, <laughs> and then right? somewhere done like in the middle of the day, and then I I try to stay with the with them for the rest of the day. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's
0: the, one of the questions I love to ask.
1: Mm-hmm. How
0: do you keep the love alive and feel connected with your husband?
1: Oh, it's hard. It, it's hard. I have to say, and um, I really admired those. Couple entrepreneurs that do it so well, but I definitely think ensuring that in your day. They have time where it's just no technology, where it's just you and them, where you can have to talk, whether it's dinner, whether it's a movie, Movie, but they have that time where they feel that you are their utmost priority and nothing else in the world matters. And I think there are times, especially in the first few months of business, I'm sure many people can relate, you're so stressed out because your husband wants to hug and a kiss, but you're thinking, I'm just trying to chase that two-month overdue invoice and you want to kiss. No, thank you. So, <laughs> And just maybe spending that hour or two a day just to make just to remind them that, you know, they're there and, you know, they're valued and just waking up and, and being thankful. One thing I actually took from Fun Hacking Live um, from one of the speakers was every day send them a message that, you know, something that you're thankful for, or just saying I love you just every single day so that so they know that you're in their thoughts. I think that's that's one of the most important things. That you can do to keep the marriage alive, the flame alive, and just make sure that nobody's feeling neglected. And that seems to be working.
0: <laughs> I could tell you that my wife was, when she first started her little side hustle, mm-hmm. oh man, it was like, it was,
1: <laughs> it was we tend to like, a beast, don't we? <laughs> oh,
0: it was all day, every day, all night. And I was like, can we, can we just get some food? Or are you just going to play <laughs> on your phone the whole time? And, like, I have to catch myself because, you know, you can get real smart, like, real quick. Yeah. Can you just put your phone down?
1: Yeah. And so
0: <laughs> Yeah. it was. But you learn. Like, you know, if you both love each other and you want the best for each other, I think, all right, I'm going to give you some slack. You got to learn. I got to learn. We got to figure this out together. It's new for both of us. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's going to work. We just got to figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think we all get into that part of our business where we go, we go so far off track, and then we realize that oh no, if I continue, I could actually lose my family. So yeah, I'm doing the complete opposite of what I'm trying to do. Then you have to realize that for in order for you to grow successfully, you need that support of your family, family, whether it's your husband, your children, one or the other. So in order for you to feel happy spiritually emotionally you got to keep them happy in order for you to experience that growth that you want and you know I realized I think there were some dark moments in our marriage where I you know was focused 24 7 on the business and I wasn't giving my children any time and my, my oldest is eight so he's old enough to see this you know mm-hmm. and it was I think the, the the day that got me was when he asked me for something I said no then before I finished my sentence he goes yeah I know you're working and it cut me, cut me, because I could see, I could hear the devastation in his voice, I could see the sadness in his eyes, and I realised, oh man, you know, no, this, this, I have to take a step back, so that's when I adapted my pattern to, he loves off after school clubs, he finishes at 5pm, and he goes to bed at 8, and I said, it's only three hours, so 5 to 8, is children time, that's it. I don't do any client work. And thankful for me, I work with US clients. So 5 p.m. for me is, you know, around midday. If I'm, you know, most of my clients in the EST zone, it's, it's midday. So they're not going to miss me for three hours. Right. And when they go to sleep, that's me time because they're not noticing what I'm doing. So I read that rather than me working my children around my business, my business should be worked around my children. And I got that wrong, I admit. You know, I got so focused and I had the. I had the wrong incentives in my mind. And when I re- when I changed those incentives to, you know, I'm doing this to be with my children, so then I can do that for my children, but I can't do this and make my children happy. That's defeating the objective. Once I started, you know, remembering those things, things got so much better. And my husband, my son gets a lot of me. He's off for, for the week now. He knows I'm doing a call at the moment, but he knows after this call, I'm all his. So he's okay with it now. So now he's more supportive when I say I've got a podcast, oh, mom, don't worry. I'll go and set myself up in your room. Let me just go and take some snacks. And then when you are done, we can do something together. You know? And it's happier. So now it's completely changed the situation around. And we're, yeah, we're all around happy.
0: Well, I appreciate the raw and the real life example right there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why I ask these questions. You see a lot of people, they don't figure that out.
1: Yeah, they don't. It's too late. Mm-hmm.
0: Our last fun question. Do you happen to have a favorite book, a podcast, or a a phone app that you secretly love and one that you just have to share to everybody.
1: Oh man Do you know? I don't know if I have a fa- I don't know if I'd call this my favorite book, but this has to be the book I've picked up over and over again. I'd say it's "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it's my favorite book is because when many of us start a business, okay, you know, we all have the goal of making money, but then when we focus on that goal, we forget the bigger picture. You know, like for me saying earlier on that before I went to Fun Hacking Live, I I still do have confidence issues, but I was making the whole business thing about me. But when I transitioned when I transitioned my thinking to I'm doing this to help other people spread their message, my business flourished and um think and grow which more or less, you know, it helps you dive into those into those inner you know, deep deeper stuff, making you realize that in order for you to be successful You know, you need to be happy with people. And sometimes when I go off track, or, you know, I have bad days, and, you know, being a woman, I must probably have twice as bad days as men do, because we're so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I pick up the book, and... I pick up the book, and even if you're reading a chapter, then it makes you, it puts me back on track and it makes me remember what I'm doing. And then it looks at your overall picture about your life, about, you know, health, how certain things can affect you, how the people around you can affect you. And I think that's why I love that book so much because, Mm. like like FHO, you go there thinking, okay, the first time I read the book, I was young. I thought I'd read the book and it's going to give me all the money making strategies. And I realized that all the money making strategies were actually inside my head, it was actually how I act. That that determined whether I made that money or not. You know how I looked out for other people, how I cared about other people, how I cared about myself. That is what was you know initially going to make even money that I wanted to make. And when I'm, once I'm after that, things became so much clearer and easier. So I'd say yeah, that that is my favorite book for those reasons right there.
0: Perfect. How can people get in contact with you and learn all about Rose?
1: You can find me on social media. So I'm on all social platforms with the handle R Digital. Or you can go to my website which is rosydovdigital
0: Oh, you're saying does. So R does Digital.
1: Uh-huh. Because RosieDove okay. Digital was too long for some platforms and I wanted it to be the same <laughs> across all platforms. <laughs> so is R Digital across every social media platform.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I made a business card. That has kind of like all my social media and my books, you know, all the kind of stuff. It's like a catch-all book, business card. And I said, like, guys, is there a way to like make this a little bit less kind of, just kind of cluttered? He goes, maybe you should have picked the same social name for every platform instead of having a couple of strays. I was like, oh, take the knife out
1: my back, please. Yeah, makes
0: it so much easier. It does. So, Rose Guthrie, you've... You brought it today. Thank you so much for enlightening us on all these topics we covered. And I uh, really do appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really, really good. I had a good time. <laughs>
0: Did you know I am offering a Cupping 101 online class? You know, I've been in China for a while. I've got a class set up with some TCM docs who do cupping. We'll show you the glass kind and the suction kind. You can find more information at a doctorsperspective.net slash cupping. Right now, we have a pre-sale price, so you're going to save a good chunk of cash by signing up early. Just put your email. You'll get notified when the class goes live. Also, as always, the no-needle acupuncture book. You can get four chapters, anxiety, low back, insomnia, and headaches. It's got pictures, how to find the points. And of course, all with no needles. Just go to doctorsperspective.net slash protocol, as in needleless acupuncture. We had great results the other day from a lady who uh, couldn't do a lunge because of knee pain. Now, knee pain is not an issue. So excited to hear that. Also, the first book, Today's Choice is Tomorrow's Health. A lot of people are looking for a magic bullet. This ain't it. This is saying, hey, look, if you can do small things daily, you will see results. And I'll I'll give you the blueprints that I use to create an exercise routine, cardio routine, get my nutrition in order, and actually get your finances in order too because that's a big stress in life. And, of course, it talks a little bit about chiropractic. So I hope you check that out. On the uh, website, under the resources tab, uh, these are my affiliate links. that helps out support the show. uh, Blueberry Hosting, uh, Set for Set. They've got the power bands, and, and they're really, really resistant really good to stretch those joints. Mentor box, you can get subscription to watch the author talk about the book so that you don't have to spend the time reading it. Uh, It also comes with workbooks and things like that. It's really quite cool. Primal health and nutrition, you can save 10% by going through my link and using the code primaldoc. It's bone broth, adheres to the autoimmune protocols and specific carbohydrate diet, gluten-free, non-GMO, no sugar, dairy-free, all those types of cool things. As well as ClickFunnels, if you sign up through that or pick up a book from him through my links, it helps out a little bit. And then, of course, everybody's favorite, Amazon. You can sign up for different things like Prime, Fresh, or Music through our links. And, of course, any of the show notes, when you have books mentioned. uh, If you follow the link through my site, that'll help out as well. Well, that is it. Go on ahead and leave us a five-star review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on adoctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you A Doctor's Perspective.